Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's for the city, man. Big, big, big ball in the Now, Clutch City Sunday, 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 with Michael Connor. On Sports Talk 790. All right, let's go. Clutch City Sunday here on Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor here with you today. You can join us at 713 212 5790. 713 212 5790. Ryan Money's in the studio. We are with you until noon. Astros baseball starts a little bit later on a Sunday today than normal. Uh, there will be about a 30-minute window between us and the on-deck show. Astros going for the sweep of the Texas Rangers today up there in Arlington. Uh, things are clicking well for that ball club doing their thing. We'll get to plenty of them before we end the show today. Well, we will start with the Houston Texans, who finished off the preseason last night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, without a doubt, their worst preseason showing in terms of result, and of course, the also, you know, defensive look at times against Tom Brady. Um, like it's the preseason. We talked about it all preseason long. You can't completely judge the preseason. We've been watching enough football in our lives where we know that at this point. I think what we got, though, was a good glimpse of some things that are this to come, and just I just love autoplay videos. That's on me. My bad. Why do they put those up? Like, why do you have autoplay videos on your website when I'm going to have my computer connected to this to run my sound? Way to go, ESPN.com. I'm outing you right now on the air. But I thought that last night we saw a preview of what is to come on a lot of things for the Texans. Look, you want a positive to start the show in terms of the res- results last night? The running yards were incredible. Now, they just were really bad at throwing the ball last night. That's kind of an issue. And, of course, they don't have a kicker. So the the points, they don't add up. You know, you kick some field goals here and there if you get to spots where you do that. But, it, um, you know, last night was, again, one of those games where you're not really judging all of it because it was it's still a preseason game. And... Again, this this team, it's going to have some issues this year, scoring points. It's going to be a run, rely on the run, big time type of team in a game where you can't do that. And then on top, I say can't do that, but most teams aren't doing that. And on top of it all, the when you play quarterbacks like last night's and Tom Brady they're going to give up yards and they gave up yards to Kyle Trask as well they were terrible defensively against the pass last night and then the offensive side of it 
they turn the ball over. Some that they've done a very good job of doing to other teams, they did, they did last night, I should say, they coughed it up compared to everybody else. The turnovers uh, were an issue. David Culley last night on the giving the ball up like they did. Well, first priority on offense is to not give up the ball. And we gave it, gave it up way too many times. One is too many. It doesn't matter how many you get on defense. When you turn it over on offense, your chances of winning are very slim. And that was very disappointing. And it's something we've been doing a good job of up until tonight. That's as simple as it gets. We know what it's going to take for them to be a successful football team. They're going to have to go out there, and they're not going to have to. They're not going to be able to turn the ball over. Included three of them for uh, Davis Mills last night, who looked absolutely putrid. There's just no other way around it. He looked like a rookie, and I think anybody holding out hope that he's going to look like anything other than a rookie this season, I think you're just holding on to false hope. And again, I, I'm not going to sit here all morning and be like, "Ah, oh, Texans the worst, this the worst that." No, they're they're going to be a more watchable team at times this season than they were a year ago. There is no denying that they're going to be more competent defensively than they've been. But they're not going to be great. And, I, again, I think anybody that, that's sitting here saying, oh, they're going to be great, they're going to be this. You know, like the coaching can matter. The, the spark in the building can matter. All that stuff can give you a good jolt to the start of the season. When you get fresh out of camp, you still got good feelings going. The question is going to be in the middle of the season when they're going through these things. They're playing these teams that are, you know, in all honesty, going to kick their asses most weekends because their schedule is absolutely brutal. How does the team respond at that point? Do they go out there and do they do they handle this the way that they're doing it now? I, I don't know, and I can't tell you that until I see how they handle it as a team. I think I know how they'll handle it, and they'll do fine in terms of the the message that comes out of the locker room. But... The, the long play result is going to be the intriguing part of this. How do they as a team handle when things go poorly? Because I just, again, I watched all three preseason games like all of you. And you might see it different than I do, and that's completely fine. There was nothing about what I saw them, that, what they put out, that leads me to believe anything is really going to change from last season. It's going to be one of the worst offensive teams in football. That is going to, you know, sit back and pray that they can just milk clock with their running backs. And they're going to have some games where they do that. They're going to dominate the time of possession a couple times this season, I'm sure, against a team. Because they do, they can run the ball. Because not everybody's going to be perfect every week and stop the run. But offensively with quarterback position, I don't know where they're getting it. I don't know when they're going to get that. I don't think they have enough playmakers to help him. And I also think that you're going to see them play conservatively. And he is a more conservative quarterback. That being Tyrod Taylor. That's just what he is. He is a check down guy. He is a short yardage guy. He's not a you know threat down the field very often. It's just the reality of the situation. So again, having football back is nice. Having all that back is good. But there's still a lot of things that you look at and you say, I think if you, you just take a step back, and again, I'm trying, to st- I'm trying to take a step back of my irritatedness, I, it's not even a word, my level of being irritated at the whole offseason and what the front office is and the ownership. 
I'm just trying to look at it from the pure football standpoint and live in a real in a real world and just in reality. It's it's going to be difficult. And they set that over under on wins this season in Vegas. I think at four and a half was the number. A lot of places, some places have it at four, some even have it at five. I'm betting the under. Just going in, based on schedule alone, what they have to face, I think this football team is going to struggle to win three games. It's not because I don't like them. It's not because I'm not rooting for the players. I do want the players to have success. All these guys that are going out there and playing on one-year deals and you know trying to extend their careers or they're jettisoning themselves into a different status to where they're not playing on one-year deals, one-year deals I hope for them it works out and they do well. Like I said, I can compartmentalize ownership and players and coaches. Ownership, never going to trust. Front office, I'm giving Nick Casario his chance because he's a legit, qualified human for his job. Everybody else in that front office from Jack Easterby who's on the sideline last night, which for what reason I don't understand, to Cal McNair, to Hannah McNair, who is the puppet master of all this, by the way. I can compartmentalize all of that to the football side of it. And the football side of it, to me, going in on paper, is blatantly clear that it's not a good football team. And on top of it, it's blatantly clear when you get some sort of example, even if it's an example that you can't completely trust as being what they're going to be. They will not be as vanilla. They will probably take a few more chances. And if they don't, I'd be shocked. But their result, I think, is very much in line with what they were or what they are. They're a team with some very good role type of players in certain spots. They don't have superstar talent in many spots other than what? The left tackle? That's about it. They should be above average offensively at the line. And if they're not, they got a real problem. But the result should be ugly most weeks. They'll probably play games close. And David Culley and them will have to hope that they can get them running the football enough to keep teams, the other team's offenses off the field. I think it's just as simple as that. Again, you just go look at the quarterback matchups that they have coming up for the regular season. Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Um, I guess you could assume Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Tua, Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson, Wentz, Russell Wilson, Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Garoppolo or Trey Lance at that point of the year, then Tannehill. From a quarterback standpoint, that you just have to face the quarterback alone, that's a murderer's row. And last night was our first example that we got against for you know, for the team against a really good quarterback. That was Tom Brady. What did he do? Uh, only 11-14 for a touchdown. No picks. And then again, Trask came in behind him, 12-14, 146, and a touchdown and no picks. Blaine Gabbert was the terrible one, 4-10 for 26 and a pick. It's very Blaine Gabbert in NRG Stadium. So, again, the big picture of it, you're glad the, 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 the preseason is over 
and you've gotten through it, maybe there's a few things you feel a little bit better about. Maybe there's things that you feel worse about. I think that I'd walk away with the same feeling after that I had going in. Nothing really changed any of it at all. It's just not going to be a great football team. I do wish I was wrong. I do wish that we were sitting back watching a team that I thought was going to succeed mightily this season. And I just don't think it's going to be there. We'll hear from some of the reaction after last night's game. 713-212-5790 in the next segment. Some from David Culley, Tyrod Taylor, and Justin Reed as the Texans wrapped up the preseason last night against the Bucs. More, more of it next here on 790. The Astros World Series champions. The Rockets are going to do it again. Real winners play and real Texans talk on Sports Talk 790. Think about it. There must be a higher love. Ryan, you dipping into our uh, workout playlist? Just makes it on our workout playlist every every day, every time. So when we go to the gym, she puts a camera or not a camera. Why am I saying camera? She puts a she puts a she brings a speaker, and the speaker always ends up on these songs that I don't know. But that one is always on the on the playlist. It's a classic, it's never, man. It's never, it's never not there. It gets you going in the gym. I hope they played it. I hope they played it in NRG Stadium. Get the players fired up. Something to get them fired up. Get those positive vibes uh, going. Yeah, you gotta have positive vibes. Look, even even if I feel negative about certain things, I do want positive vibes. I I would rather live in a world of positive vibes than negative vibes. That's me. I know that people love to listen to this. I got this one guy blowing up my Twitter yesterday. Oh, you just hacks. You just want them to be terrible because all that's that makes life easier for you. And I'm like, why do y'all have this stupid viewpoint? Like, listen for ten seconds before you send dumb tweets. I'm from Houston. I've grown up with every single one of these teams as my team. I want them to win. Even if I think Cal McNair is a dummy and untrustworthy and his wife is a huge problem in the Texans' issues, and that includes the hiring of Jack Easterby, through all that, I still want them to win. You know why? Because I'm from the city of Houston, and I want to enjoy things with my sports. I hate having terrible teams. I hate not trusting them. And look, I'm ne- again, I'm never going to trust the front office or the, the ownership. It's just never going to happen. Cal McNair can hoist that Lombardi up over his head and drop it off the stage, which there's a thousand percent he'd do. He'd probably have barbecue sauce all over his hands when he got up there. He could do all that, and I still will not trust him. I'll, uh, all the praise and all the, the, the accolades will go to the players and the GM. And that includes Nick Casario. Again, Nick Nick Casario's got a clean slate on my end. Don't love the New England part of it. Don't love the process of how it was of how it went down. But he's qualified, and I'm going to give him a shot. I don't think he did anything special. Like I will say, I thought the broadcasts, the TV broadcast in the preseason. Now look, it's a Texans produced broadcast. My God, was it a homer fest? It was bad. Like everything was spun to so positive. Like. 
was one of the clips that I heard uh, Spencer Tillman saying, it's one of the best GM jobs I've seen anybody do in the last decade. No, it wasn't. All he did was cut a bunch of players and sign a bunch of guys to one-year deals. Not a good GM job. It's fine. It takes them from being a horrific team to an above-average horrific team. That's what it did. And again, that's where I get back to the, to the football side of this. Viewing it as that. Football-wise, I have no belief that they have enough talent to compete on a weekly basis against the better teams in the league, specifically when you go put it up against this, uh, you know, schedule team for team. They play a and look, it's it's on paper, it'll change. Somebody on that on that on that list will completely underperform, but then somebody will overperform this season in one of those teams. And you know, We'll see exactly how that plays out, but it's it's a just downright brutal schedule for a team that doesn't look like they're going to be able to do much in terms of moving the football. They did last night on the in the running game. One of the guys that stepped up was David Johnson, who had a bunch of yards. David Culley spoke on David Johnson's night after the game. Well, he did a nice job. I, not just he, but our offensive line tonight especially against their group in the whole first half, did a nice job of us wanting to run the ball, and we, we, which we went into the game wanting to do that, made an emphasis of wanting to do that, and they did a nice job of doing that. And uh, he was a big part of that. And it was good to see him get those opportunities because we allowed the, our backs, we wanted to give them uh, some opportunities, some carries in this game, and we were able to do that. And obviously you saw that what they're capable of doing. And again, that was good that they were able to go out and to put up the type of numbers they did running the ball last night as a team. Like, that's what they're going to have to be to be successful this season is be a team that can just run it down your throat and control clock and hope that their defense bends enough to where it doesn't break. Because you saw it again last night. The defense will bend. That's going to happen. That's always kind of been a staple of the Lovey Smith teams in the past. They will bend. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The question is, will they break? They broke mightily last year. I Just as bad as it gets. If they want to be successful this season, they can't go out there and bend like they did last year. David Johnson last night, by the way, four yards or four carries. What was it? Four for... 30 yards the team last night, 30 carries for 209. Or 38 carries for 209. If they put up that kind of stuff, like that's going to help. That's going to keep games tight. And if they don't turn the ball over, they can win some football games doing that. But this always gets back to the battle as well of, as a fan, do you really want to win? If you're going to lose, you might as well lose, right? And I know that's the internal battle that a lot of people have and don't want to admit when they're going through. Like, I will completely admit it because, again, that's the realist in me. It's just like the Rockets this past season. I hated watching the Rockets lose, but guess what? When the Rockets went out there every night and they once the Harden trade 
you know, went down and then they won six in a row to to look like they had a little spark, but then they started losing and the losses piled up. I wanted to play wanted them to play fun competitive games. I wanted them to lose every night because I wanted them to have the best chance that they could to get the first pick in the draft. And they ended up having the worst record in the league. And a lot of that was because of injury. But they had it and they ended up getting the second pick in the draft. But like I'm not going to openly like sit here and tell you I'm going to root for them to lose, but once games get going that way, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that as a fan. Because to build it back up, you have to have the draft capital. You have to have the high draft picks. We've seen it. We know the story. That's how it happens. Long-term success is always tied back to team building at the draft. And they need it. Period. More from uh, David Culley talking about the running game last night. Obviously, they put an emphasis on that. The, 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 the thing going into the game tonight was is that we told our upfront people, we want to establish a run. We want to be able to consistently establish the run. And we did that tonight. We did that for a whole half. And that was the thing now. We have to throw the ball better than what we threw the ball tonight. But the, the emphasis tonight was to be able to consistently, consistently run the ball against a very uh, good up front. And again, yes, that was a good team that they played last night that had quite a bit of starters that, you know, I thought you saw a lot of vanilla, but you did see some starters play, which is good. The results weren't all that welcoming. And again, it gets back to the pass game. Like, the running game is nice and everything. And you can want to run the ball and need to run the ball to be successful. The question is going to be when you need to make throws, because in this league you have to do that, how are you going to be able to do it? Tyrod Taylor is a nice backup quarterback. But backup is what he is. He's not a 17-game starter. It's just a fact. It's what his career has been. He's had some seasons where he's done it, and he's been fine. At this stage of it, he's not that on a bad, bad team. You put a pretty decent team around him, you'll probably be able to live with results and be more surprised than not. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's... It's just that this team is not going to have all those things necessarily to help it, to help him be the best best version of himself. Like, yeah, I, I don't think, I know that you have Brandon Cooks. I don't think, though, overall, there's any reason to trust their receiving core. One bit. I think it's going to be very bad. I just do. There's going to be a lot of growth for some younger guys. There's some guys that are younger that I think are established enough that you, you know what they're going to be. And I just don't think they're going to have a ton of weapons there. I am interested to see how the running game plays out. Of all these guys they had in camp, who's going? Because some of them are going to go. 
Somebody's going to go at some point, I think. It's just... um. I think it's a strap-in type of season, and I hope for the best and not necessarily expect the worst. Expect average. That's what your level of expectation should be at best is average. 713-212-5790 is the number to join us here on a Clutch City Sunday, the Houston Astros with a chance today to sweep the division rival that is the Texas Rangers. Astros, by the way, have secured the series, uh, season series and the silver boot again, which is always lovely to do. I think it's five years in a row they've done just that, and it's easy to do that against this bad team. But we will discuss the uh, what, what the weekend has been for them and what is ahead in this next week. An important stretch of games for this ball club next year on Clutch City Sunday. What's that? Around here, ketchup and mustard is not just for hot dogs. Seth back, shoots for three. Got it! Sports Talk 790, home of Rockets basketball. Clutch City Sunday here on Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor back here with you. You can join us at 713-212-5790. We've been talking about the Houston Texans. We'll hear more from those guys as we move along in the show. But today, the Astros back in action looking for a sweep of the three-game series against the Texas Rangers. And just a perfect weekend so far. They're 77-52 now on the year. Uh, the Oakland A's did win yesterday, so they snapped the Yankees' uh, winning streak. But the Astros have finally started to take advantage in the last few days of the Oakland struggles. They have been just brutal in the last couple of weeks, have the A's. The Astros' lead is now sitting at six and a half games. Seattle did lose yesterday, so they're eight and a half back. You don't have to worry about them. Like I've been trying to tell you, uh, they're making they're going to make life more difficult on Oakland than anybody else. And Oakland is still, I think about that, in the matter of less than a week, Oakland it basically went from right there in the wild card in the first spot, and that's in part because the Yankees got red hot. And the Yankees now have a two-game lead over the Red Sox for the first wild card spot. Uh, Boston now sits in that second wild card spot and is three and a half games ahead of Oakland. Now that can change again in a week. We've seen it happen this past week, but for all the noise about Oakland and all the talk and all that, you know, early in the season, how they oh they're going to end up running away and winning the division. Uh, well, right now they're not a postseason team. The Houston Astros are. They are the AL West champs at the moment, uh, at least on their way to being just that. If they go out and they continue to do things like they have done so far um, this weekend against the Rangers, and again, this is the, this is what you want to see when they play teams that again we've we've complained about at times. Oh, they don't play the good team or they play the bad teams so poorly. They didn't play the bad teams extremely poorly. It's just that their record isn't as far over 500 against bad teams as you would expect. That's the frustrating part, and you never want to have that when you're a great team. And look, the Astros are in an important spot as well with the the seeding aspect of the postseason. And anybody that wants to downplay that, you know, I don't really think anybody is. 
you know, remember how just just how important Hold Field has been for them in the postseason in years past. I mean, twenty seventeen they they had they were the second seed in the American League. They they had it for the ALCS because the Yankees beat the the one seeded team in the New York Yankees um, in the ALDS. So the Astros had the ALCS with the home field, and then of course in uh, in twenty um, eighteen they had it in the first round. And they got beat in five games against the Red Sox in the second round, but that was the only team with a better record than them, and they won 103 games that year. And then 2019, you went 100, 107, and you have home field throughout, and it mattered until we got to the World Series, of course, where they lost all four home games, and absolutely, that was just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, but it's it, it's something that matters. That Right now, between them and the in the – in the the three seed, which is the Chicago White Sox. I mean, that's where we're trending. We are trending towards it being an Astros-White Sox ALDS matchup, rematch of the 2005 World Series, which is going to be so bizarre. I know it's years later, but so bizarre if that's what you have, because think about it. You played each other in the World Series, and, what, 16 years later, you'd play each other in the American League Division Series? It just it still feels weird. Um, they have that team... Uh, right now, they are two games back you in the win column, but they are four back in the loss column. So you have a, a, a little bit of a cushion, and you also won the season series against them and did it pretty easily overall outside of when you faced Carlos Radon, who did come back the other day for the White Sox, and that will matter on how you view this series. But again, you have home field. You play three of the five games at Minute Maid Park. The Astros, I know that some people are worried about them, and a lot of people feel uneasy. If the Astros have home field advantage against the Chicago White Sox, the Astros are going to win the series. I would be very comfortable in that line of thinking, and I will not move off of that. Now, look, there's still a lot of baseball to be had between now and then to get to that point. But all the things are starting to trend in the right direction, right at the right time of year. You still have to hold your breath with it to an extent because, again, we have a whole month of baseball in front of us before they do get there. The season doesn't end until, what, October 3rd or whatever. But they're they're getting healthy. Guys are starting to swing the bat. Pitching is done well. And they'll have a bump again during the month of September. There's going to be a blip. There always is. I mean, hell, go to the 2017 season again. They had an awful, awful month of August, and I think early in September they played a series in Oakland, like a four-gamer, and got swept out of it in September. But then they got hot again, and they went red hot down the stretch. So it's, again, this is baseball, and stupid things happen on a daily basis, and crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But right now they've put themselves into a great position. They've played great baseball, and if they keep this level of stuff up, they can keep that cushion. No lead is ever going to be completely comfortable, but six and a half games, um, it matters. <laughs> That's a significant chunk of games for any team to make up in a month. It's doable, and of course, when you play each other six times in the last nine games, that's what really helps it, but there's also the fact that the Astros have I mean, they've beaten the A's 9 out of 13 tries this year. They've, they've kicked their asses. It's just a fact. But the positives that you look for, of course, in terms of the on-the-field as of late, Bregman coming back, first of all, has been, been nice to have. Uh, the presence alone matters. Carlos Correa has been swinging a much better bat. Uh, he homers again. 
He has a day off today, by the way. Uh, Jordan continues to hit the ball over the fence. He's up to 27 on the season. Uh, Altuve's still been a little up and down. Brantley's kind of been eh, okay, but he's had a few hits here and there that matter. Get Yuli going completely again, that'd be nice. And he's had some of those moments. Kyle Tucker's come back and look again. I don't know why we don't do it. But if we want to praise somebody on this team as really being the most consistent player this season. And look, he did have a month where he was terrible. April was awful. But since April, go look at it. No player's been as consistent on this team as Kyle Tucker. That guy has been so good. And you can just, I, I, the way when I watch him, you can just see the maturity level to me continue to rise. He's growing up. And that's one of the things I think that is difficult as fans to deal with when you're watching a guy early in their career because he had such big expectations when he came up. He's the Astros' top hitting prospect for years. And he kind of looked lost at times. He kind of looked you know, aloof to some people. But he was like a 21, 22-year-old kid. He's what, 20? Is he 24 now? He's still so young. <laughs> so young. And... They mature. High, I mean, he was a high school. He was a high school bat when he came out. Those guys take a little bit longer, but he has turned in to really everything that the the scouting reports and all that said he was going to be. He's going to be a. He's going to be an all star hitter at the big league level. He's got that capability. He's going to end up being amongst the team leaders in basically every statistical category outside of batting average. And he's not having a bad year with a batting average. I mean, he's hitting what. Same as Bregman, 276. It's a guy you're going to count on. And then you're going to count on top of it the pitching. Haven't even mentioned Fromber yet. Is real Fromber back? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because I'm going off of real Fromber being last year's Fromber. It's starting to look like he's getting it again. And that's a dangerous, dangerous thing for the rest of the league. If Fromber gets it, and Fromber is pitching back to being the number one in this rotation, because look, as much as I love Lance McCullers, as much as everybody else loves Lance McCullers, for this team at their best, their peak, it would be for Fromber to be your game one starter because Fromber always goes deep when he's great. The guy's a workhorse. And... Lance still has the... Now, look, Fromber went through a huge stretch this year, and I'm not saying he's out of the woods yet, but he went through a huge stretch where he walked guys just like Lance did left and right. And really, both guys are great options because they're both elite ground ball pitchers. But if Fromber is going, guys just don't get on base. And how that sets up a series, if you're able to go out game one and have a Fromber Valdez go toss you seven innings of, like you did last night, let's go for seven innings, a two-run ball, seven strikeouts, just one walk, and only allowed three hits on the night, you're going to win that game with the bullpen that you have behind it because you feel confident that your offense is going to put up enough and you're going to find your way to that victory. 
and you're going to set yourself up to where you haven't worn out a bullpen in game one, and you're say it's the ALDS, you're, th- you're two, ga- two wins away in the next four games. I mean, it's getting him going like they have recently. Massive, massive stuff for Fromber. And a good, good, again, good win for him. The ERA on the season now, by the way, is at 291. And Ryan Presley's starting to, to look right again. He's, he, I know he had a couple of small blips there. Uh, and real quick, the, uh, the lineup today for the finale of this season, of this series against the Rangers. Uh, Altuve at second, leading off. Michael Brantley in left, bat second. Uh, Yuli Gurriel at first, bats third. Cleanup is Jordan Alvarez playing. He's at the, at the DH spot. Then it's Alex Bregman at third base, batting fifth. Alemis Diaz is playing shortstop today. Day off for Carlos Correa, and he bats sixth. Then Kyle Tucker bats seventh in right field. Jake Myers in center, batting eighth. And then Martin Maldonado catching to round out in the nine hole for the order today. And, uh, now, I didn't even give any praise yet to Jake Myers of all these guys, too. Sitting here talking about all these other guys. Jake Myers, take a bow, sir. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are 20 games into your big league career, and it is off to a booming start. He's hitting 323. Jake Myers has a chance in this last month of September to cement himself as the everyday center fielder for the postseason. I like Chaz McCormick a lot, and I think they have a lot of faith in Chaz McCormick. They made that trade in large part because they do like Chaz McCormick, trading away Miles Straw. But Jake Myers can go win this job with all the playing time he's getting. There's no reason to take him out of the lineup. The guy just gets hits. Now, again, you'll see, we'll see how it goes when you play some better opponents. He's, he's gotten the benefit of a lighter portion of the schedule. There's been some good pitching in there still. When you play the bigger opponents, how how that kind of stuff works for him will be intriguing. 713-212-5790 is our phone number to join us. Here on a Clutch City Sunday, we will uh, discuss more of the Astros and the schedule ahead in this month of September next here on 790. Houston Astros, World Series champions. Home for your home teams that actually win championships on Sports Talk 790. City Sunday here on Sports Talk 790. Michael Connor back here with you. I'm sitting back, Ryan, and I'm watching. Guess what I'm watching this morning as uh, we're doing the show? I bet Chelsea you soccer. No, they played yesterday. They played to a tie against Liverpool, which is fine because they got called for a stupid handball and a red card. They had to play one man down for half the game. So it was a very good uh, draw yesterday to get a point. Uh, but no, it's Man United. Against Wolves, it's uh, scoreless <laughs> in the 17th minute. And um, Man United's lucky they're not down by, like, two goals already. They've, they got 
I mean, just two blown chances. So there's your there's your soccer. Hey, speaking of Man United, I don't know if you saw it. And I again, I know that soccer for some people is like what what the hell. I've decided to go all in, and I'm watching it. Freaking Ronaldo's going back to Man United. Yeah, I saw some of that, and I was going to ask you: Is this the most invested you've been in soccer your whole life? Like, just out of nowhere, you're like, "This is soccer's the sport for me that I'm going to really dive into right now." Yeah, this is. I mean, I've always casually watched, and like when I would remember, I never, I've never picked a team and rooted for a team. I said years ago, I was like, oh, "I'll pick Everton" because I used to work with Lance, and he was like, oh, "I'm going to do Everton because they don't ever win." But I never got like invested. I just didn't care. Um. I just I would just watch when I remembered to watch on Saturdays, which honestly of all the so it's thirty eight mat thirty eight match weeks in the Premier League, I'd probably watch like eight in the week in the you know in the regular season or in the season. So this is the first time, and really it's it's both of us because you know part of it is too we've we went to London before the pandemic, and we both loved London a lot, and then I started watching a little bit more casually. But not like all the way in, and she was like, "We should really start watching, and you know, do the, you know, go to the go to the bars and stuff when teams play in the morning." I was like, "Okay, we could do that." And uh, then we just decided it was time to pick a team, like actually pick a team, and we didn't want to pick. And Ross gave me great advice on this, and you tell me if I'm wrong. He was like, "You don't." I, I, she she grew up in her family. Her dad, like. Man United, but I was like, we can't be Man United fans because that's like rooting for the Yankees. I'm just, I'm not doing that. And Ross gave me great advice. He's like, look, this is your one chance to pick your team and not be ridiculed for it and also not be miserable. You got to pick a team that's at least decent. And Chelsea's always like towards the top of the of the of the table, and they always compete. They won the they they won the damn. Um, Champions League last year, so so they're really good and they spend money. They got an owner that's a Russian gazillionaire. So I was like, okay, in that way, one day too, it's because it's in London, it's in the Chelsea area of London. I we can go over there and go to a game. It's easy to get to, so we're not trying to go to like Liverpool or Manchester, or whatever the hell we're going. So we're in. I don't know why we just decided we're in, and I've watched every single game that I can so far this year. Yeah, it sounds like you've done it all right. I mean, you know, you've made all the right decisions. And plus, yeah, you don't want to get like the Yankees of the league, but you definitely, like Ross is right, you want somebody competitive, somebody you're not mad at all the time. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm so far, I'm not mad. They've been spending money already, and the transfer window closes, is that tomorrow, two days from now? So there's going to be still a lot of flurry of, of things that's going on. Um, they've been trying on a couple other moves that you read about, but they got Lukaku back. Which he's one of my he was already one of my favorite players just from playing with him on FIFA. So I've enjoyed thoroughly, and I would suggest anybody that's looking. And you know, it's part of the reason why I've decided that I'm in. And it's this is also what happens when I say you get older. I'm 30, but I've I've been doing the morning schedule for so long. I still wake up on the mornings in the on weekend mornings no later than seven. Yesterday I was up at six. Today I was up at 5:40. Just because my body won't. I mean, I also fall asleep on the weekend still. You go ahead and make fun of me for this one. I fall asleep by 10.30 at the latest. <laughs> like, I just can't I can't stay up later than that. I'm just so in tune with, you know, my schedule 
Now it changes when Astros games go stupid late on weeknights, and I'm doing pre and post games. So some of those nights, like last week, I had a night where I didn't get off the air till good God, almost midnight, which was awesome. When you have games that take that long, and it was a nine inning game on top, or maybe it was a ten inning game that I don't even remember. But it's great because you can get up on Saturday and Sunday mornings, and it's on, and it's on in the morning, and then it's done by like it is the last game of the day. It's playing right now. It's 11 o'clock in the morning almost, and it'll be done at what? Noon? So then I don't have to sit around and wait. Like, when it's not going to interfere with me watching NFL football or even college football to that level. Like, oh man, I'll miss the start of an 11 a.m. kickoff. I don't care. It's a bunch of crap games. There's never. When's Other than Texas OU, what's a, what's a good 11 a.m. kickoff? Do they have any? Generally, no. Yeah, isn't it? Like, it's usually like. Illinois versus Iowa State, and Beth Mullins is on the call on ESPN. Or, you know, Rutgers versus Maryland football. Nobody cares about that. You really sit and you put it on as background noise and you fall asleep because you've been up early doing whatever, whether it's watching game day, whatever it is. You nap until the 2.30 game, or you just, you know, fart around and do whatever. So instead, I've invested myself into watching soccer and i'm absolutely loving it and i never even played did you ever play soccer i'm sorry you said did you ever play it i played uh like one weekend and then quit ah see okay i mean like the, my extent of playing it was like recess in elementary school never competitively played it was never i can't i'm a right-handed i'm right-handed i can't kick with my right foot like, I legit can't kick anything with my right foot. Like, it's so embarrassing. With my left foot, though, I can actually kick a ball. That's I don't know interesting. why. What does it have to do with being right-handed, though? I don't know. I just I mean, you know, you're usually right-handed. You lead with everything you're right. But I can't. I Like, I, it's embarrassingly bad if I try to kick a ball with my right foot. Yeah. But with my left foot, I can actually kick it hard. Huh. Well, that's weird. Yeah, I, I kick with the right, but I jump off the left. Like, if I have to, like, jump in basketball, like, I'd much prefer the left leg, but definitely kick better with the right leg. See, now I have to think about it. Because in basketball, when you're going for the left, you're technically, if you're right, going to the right side of the basket, you're supposed to go off the left leg, right? Right. And I'm talking about, like, practicing yeah. dunks on a small goal. Like, if you lower the goal and you're practicing dunks and stuff, still go off the left every time, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I just don't know what it is. That, that that's my, But that's my extent of... My extent of actually playing soccer is FIFA. I've always had the FIFA game. I love that game. It's a great game. Never played it. I just oh, you gotta try it. It's really good. It's tough. It'll it'll frustrate. That's what really I liked about it because it's it'll frustrate the hell out of you at the beginning, and then you'll eventually start to get decent at it, and then you ramp up the levels and everything, and um, you know, it's it's just uh. It's a difficult game at times. Hey, real quick, the um, some updates from the Astros and Dusty Baker. He's speaking with the media right now. Uh, he said Chaz McCormick swung the bat yesterday, uh, and he swung it pretty well. No decision yet on if he's going to play in any rehab games. They will have the ability to play rehab games in the month of September because the minor league season did get extended this year after a late start through the month of September. So, that is a possibility to send him out for rehab games to get himself uh, geared back up completely. And then one other note, Jason Castro has been sent home uh, off this road trip and pushed or placed on the injured list 
Garrett Stubbs has been recalled from the Sugarland Skeeters. The Astros are sending Castro back home because he needs to get his knee checked out. So that's not a great thing to hear that a player is getting his knee checked out. Look, we know that when the postseason gets here, Martin Maldonado is going to do most of the catching, but Jason Castro is a legit, you know, a legit backup, a veteran backup that you can trust and has, you know, a little bit more track record hit with the bat in his hands at the big league level than Garrett Stubbs. So we'll see what, what comes of that. But, again, there's your note. Jason Castro off of the – or head, leaving the team. He's heading back to Houston uh, to get his knee checked out. On the injured list, Garrett Stubbs will take his place, called up from the Sugarland Skeeters. We'll take our top of the hour timeout, hour number two. The final hour of the show starts next. We will reset some of the Texans and their preseason finale last night against the Bucks next. It's for the city, man. Big, big, big ball in the club city. The Astros 2017 World Series champion. The Houston Texans select press, press. Deshaun Watson. Now, Clutch City Sunday. Clutch City Sunday. 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 With Michael Connor. Clutch City Sunday. On Sports Talk 790. Second and final hour of the show. Michael Connor here with you, Ryan Money's in the studio. You can join us at 713-212-5790. On Twitter, of course, MC790 is where you find me. Ryan, I have completely forgot what your Twitter is. At I'm Ryan sorry. Money, LOL. There you go. You can't ever forget the LOL. He's all about bringing the laughs, people. <laughs> I bringing, love it. Bringing the laughs. Did you hear about the, it was Ross and Matt, like, just roasted me one day when I was filling in for their show, asking if I'm a comedian and why the heck my Twitter handles LOL, and then they made me tell jokes on air and have people vote whether I could keep that Twitter handle or not? No, I did not. I missed that. Uh, it was it was pretty epic. Uh, best of seven, I won four to three, so I'm still at Ryan Money, LOL. Now, did you just go out there and Google jokes, or did you come up with actual jokes? I had, uh, I mean, I've like been obsessed with stand-up comedy and jokes for you know since I was a kid. So I had jokes okay. off the top of the dome, like ready to go. They weren't original jokes, but they were. I didn't have to look anything up. Have you ever done an open mic night? Yeah, I've done it once, and the place I did it at, they literally got the night before got their microphone and their speaker stolen so i had to yell my act and it went horribly wrong and i haven't gone back since oh well, that's okay you gotta try again yeah you know. i mean I, I, there's there's no way i could do it like I, it would terrify me enough i try to not think about how many people may or may not be listening when we're doing these shows in the first place because then when you think about it like, oh my god there could be a lot of people listening Right. I mean, I I really don't know how many are listening. If you're out there, thank you. If you're not, suck it. Um, <laughs> but like overall, like when it's me, like when I think about that, because usually when I'm viewing this, I'm like, okay, this is just us talking. Like it's just it's just we're talking sports. And how difficult is it? It's it's. I don't think about the the fact that we live in a city that's like how many like two point whatever million people in it in the suburbs. It's like way more than that, and it's just. If everybody wanted to go listen to it, and all these millions of people, they could. 
They're not. They're, of course, we're not pulling. I don't think we're get, pulling millions of, of listeners. If we are, damn, oh, man, I'm going to start getting really nervous and really starting to suck at this job. But I couldn't imagine doing uh, an open mic or just being up there and having to entertain a crowd. I don't think I'd pull it off. I know I wouldn't pull it off, but I don't think I'd have the balls to even walk up there. Yeah, I it's just, pretty be- scary, but, man, it's exhilarating if you get a laugh. I bet. Yeah, I bet that high of you know the adrenaline of that would be awesome. That's the kind of adrenaline I could seek. Better than doing stupid stuff to seek adrenaline or whatever. Like that, that that would be way better. Or the you know seeking the adrenaline of a football game with the Texans. See how I tied that back to them. Nice. Like I'm not I'm not going I'm not going to the Texans game looking to like get my highs going. You know because I'm I'm like oh you know they're gonna go score touchdowns. It's gonna be this awesome game. All this stuff. It's gonna be. It's going to be what it is. It's going to be a football team. If you missed it last night, they finished off the preseason against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 23-16 was the final. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, 6 of 9, 31 yards. It's just not very good for what it is. I mean, the completion percentage is fine, but, I mean, they're going to have to push the ball a little bit more at some point. Davis Mills behind him, 10 of 27, two touchdowns, 106, 10, two touchdowns, three picks. He wasn't good, sacked twice. Tom Brady cut him apart, 11-14, 154, uh, and a touchdown for him. Kyle Trask was also 12-14 for them, 146, and a touchdown. The issue for the Texans in the game was turnovers. They were a problem for the first time. Uh, They weren't really the ones that were creating them. They did get three turnovers off of the Bucs last night, but they also had five turnovers themselves in the game. David Culley on the issue of turning the ball over last night. Well, first priority on offense is to not give up the ball. And we gave it, gave it up way too many times. One is too many. It doesn't matter how many you get on defense. When you turn it over on offense, your chances of winning are very slim. And that's very disappointing. And it's something we've been doing a good job of up until tonight. And last night it was terrible. Absolutely putrid. A little bit more from him on why, uh, you know, why did the team struggle to protect the ball so much last night? Uh, I have to look at the video on that, but I tell you what, the mo- most part of that is they did a good job of of, of, of stripping. Now, I think uh, the one that 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 Tyrod had, that was a, he was trying to make a play, and uh, you know, he was trying to get down, and the guy came in and he ended up taking the ball from him. Uh, no excuse for that. Uh, but I mean, they did a good job of that, just like we do, you know, and uh, it happens. But when that happens, though, your chance of having a chance to win a game goes way down, and we understand that. Yeah, and again, that, I mean, that's just simple football. You go out there, the only way you're going to overcome a lot of turnovers like that is if you had the quarterback on the other side that they have last night, which is Tom Brady. He, your team can win game. Like, say somebody coughs it up on that team, the Buccaneers team, three times in a game. They could still go win the game. And, hell, Tom Brady could throw two picks. They could still go win the game because he can go out and make – Three of the throws are going to result in 21 points for them. And if it's their defense is stepping up and doing what they're doing, they can still go win football games. This team is just not going to have the offensive firepower to go out and to handle not scoring or, you know, to, to, in terms of high-octane, like scoring a bunch of touchdowns. It's not what they're going to do. They have to rely, again, on running the football and – just basically dominate the time possession. One other thing from David Culley that was I, I thought they did a lot better of last night, obviously. Uh, handling blitzes as a team after a week ago, they struggled mightily against the Dallas Cowboys. 
tonight was much better. It was much better. You know, uh, late in the game, they got us a couple of times on a couple of things, but, you know, they knew we were getting ready to throw the ball. They brought some pressure. Uh, you know, Todd Bowles is known to be able to do that. Uh, he knew he had a rookie back there, and we knew it was going to come. And uh, I thought they did a good job, much better job than we did the last ball game. Definitely better. Like you said, they were better. You know, how much of that was the Cowboys going a little bit more all out for blitzes and you didn't? That's part of the that's part of the wonder of all this. And again, it gets back to more than anything. If even if it was a vanilla offense last night, or vanilla defense from the from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you didn't do the things you had to do, which is protect the football more than anything else. Tyrod Taylor spoke on the turnovers as a team after the game. Uh, for sure, turning the ball over is definitely not a recipe uh, for winning in this league. Um, <clears throat> and that starts at the quarterback position. Um, we could be better. I can be better first and foremost. Um, and we could be better as a unit. Um, but I also think we did some, some good things out there. We just shot ourselves in the foot and then gave our, ourselves the best opportunity um, to be successful in this game with the, uh, with the turnovers. It's always tough to overcome those. One of the guys that has been, you've heard a lot about in this preseason, this training camp has been, of course, he was, he was a hot topic, not a hot topic, but a sticking point for everybody that's fan after the way that the offseason was handled. David Johnson last year, look, this is just a fact-based show. He was an average back at best last season in the NFL, and when they tried to run him between the tackles, he was he was just horribly bad. But you've heard that the camp hasn't been all that great. The results when he's played in brief periods has not been good. The question has come in, maybe, maybe, could David Johnson get cut after they reworked his money and gave him more guaranteed money, which was so stupid. But David Culley discussed the good night that David Johnson had last night. Well, he did a nice job. Not just he, but our offensive line tonight, especially against their group in the whole first half, did a nice job of us wanting to run the ball, and we, we, which when we went into the game wanting to do that, made an emphasis of wanting to do that, and they did a nice job of doing that. And uh, he was a big part of that. And it was good to see him get those opportunities because we allowed the, our backs, we wanted to give them uh, some opportunities, some carries in this game, and we were able to do that. And obviously you saw that what they're capable of doing. They definitely were showed that they were capable of, of, of taking on a big workload and putting up some yards last night. That's what they're going to have to rely on this season. Uh, Tyrod Taylor on that night again for David Johnson. Uh, he done a great job tonight. I mean, he's done a great job all camp, but it was good to see him. And I told him on the sideline, it was good to see him uh, make some of those plays from uh, from the running back position, not necessarily in the passing game, but in the running game as well, too. All our backs done a great job tonight, and uh, we're going to need them. It's going to be a, a vital part of our offense moving forward. It is. And if he's part of that equation, I would be interested to see how that plays out in terms of the usage of it he is not their best not their best um option when they're running the football i you know philip Lindsay. we didn't see a lot of him i think we've all kind of felt like oh that's going to eventually be the guy that gets you know the, the bulk of things but the results for him in the preseason when he did run weren't all that spectacular he's another six carries last night for 17 yards um, you know, Mark Ingram, 11 for 44. I, I really do think Mark Ingram is going to be your feature guy to start the year and the guy that gets the bulk of it. 
and that might not be the worst thing overall. But how do you get rid of Scotty Phillips? I he had he showed stuff. That's why again I keep going back to. I think I really think you might see them cut David Johnson. There's no way of knowing for sure, obviously, but. Keeping, you know, they're going to keep probably four running backs. Why should David Johnson be one of those guys? Or could it be Philip Lindsay? He's not the pro. But now, look, I think that he's the kind of change-up guy you want to have in terms of size and all that. And I would still, he's the he's the youngest of the group at what twenty-five years old. Like, I think it'd be smart or it'd be dumb to give up on that right now. This guy had a really good year for Denver a couple of years ago, so. You know, you want to see if you can get catch the lightning back in the bottle with him and get him back to put up the kind of production he did when he was in Denver there the first couple of years. And if you do that, you've you found one that's that's really good. But how they again, how they play this thing out is going to be very interesting uh, moving forward for this Houston Texans team. Seven one three two one two five seven nine is our number to join us. When we return, both sides of the ball. One of the representatives from it will give us their overall thoughts on where each side of the respective football is for this team. I bet you can guess what they're going to say. You'll hear that next here on 790. Tired of 610? I changed over from the competition. Take another route. Sports Talk 790, your unbiased home for your home teams. trying to figure out who this is, Ryan. And I feel like you I know should know it. it. Is that Mariah Carey? That is correct. The song oh. is also sung by Sue Young in Rush Hour 1. It's a classic. Oh, Rush Hour. God, what a great movie. Really is. Also, arguably one of the best sequels ever made in Rush Hour 2, because most time Ooh. action comedy sequels suck, and that one was actually really good. It was. They did not screw it up. Did they make a third one? Yeah, they did, and there's a fourth pending, but I don't think the fourth will ever Jackie get made. Jackie Chan's a little, yeah. Jackie Chan's a little old to be making a fourth uh, Rush Hour. How old's Jackie Chan now? He's got to be, he's got to be seventy-five by now. Okay, I get. He's got to be on Googling, but let's see. He's sixty-seven, but still, he's not young. How old's Chris Tucker? Chris Tucker's got to be fifty-five by now. You can't. Let's find out. That won't work. I mean, that just won't work. Chris Tucker, golly, I'm aging these guys way bad. Chris Tucker's not even 50 yet. He's 49. Yeah, but still, probably not doing he'll be another fi- movie. He'll be 50 in two days. <laughs> nice. Happy 50th birthday to Chris Tucker, an early one. My favorite line is the cheap suits, cheap suits. How cheap? Cheap as hell. Just like, just a great movie. I and mean, that's the one where they had the little girl like tied up with a bomb, right? Yeah, that's the first one, and then second one is uh, you know got the Red Dragon Hotel in Vegas and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, the Red Dragon Hotel. I totally forgot about that one. That one's great. God, what a good movie! See now, I'm not gonna lie. Like today, I'm having one of those Sundays where I just, even though I got plenty of sleep last night, we had a big dinner last night, and this is it. we're gonna hear from the Texans in just a moment, but. Um, big dinner last night. We had a couple glasses of wine, and I'm just tired today. 
I want to go back and just this. I I do the show in our bedroom because she's taken the office and made it all hers in our new home that we bought in uh, January. So I get relegated to the to the bedroom and I just set up. I have a chair in here that I sit next to the bed, and I've got all three dogs. One's on the floor next to me because he's always got to be touching me. One of them's on my pillow because she always has to lay on my pillow when I'm on the bed, and then the other one's in the blanket. I'm going to move all of them, and I'm going to get back in that bed as soon as this show ends and just go to sleep. I'm going to record the Astros game and watch it later. But now part of me wants to go watch a movie. I want to go watch uh, Rush Hour. It's a way to go. Hey. You may have, you may have just ruined my Sunday. No I was problem. planning on sleeping all day. Thanks. Hey, no That's problem. Okay. Man. It, it's a it's a good reason to uh, to lay around. So if it's if you can have one of those Sundays, who doesn't love a day where you can just do nothing? They're just the best. And again, right now I'm doing nothing and watching soccer, and talking to you guys on the radio about football, about the Astros. We'll get back into the Astros the next segment. Um, more on today and the month of September that is ahead for the club because September will be here. What is that? Is it Wednesday, September first? Is that right? Yes. Today, today's the 29th. Yes, so if Wednesday is a big day as we start the final month of the season, which technically doesn't end until October. And if you missed it the other day, the postseason, the, at least the day's games will be played. The schedule for that is out. Um, MLB.com had that up the other day. And uh, we'll be, unfortunately, for, like, for me, I was supposed to go to A&M, Alabama. It's not happening now because that's the day off between games uh, – two and three and I'll either be on a plane going somewhere or on a plane coming home from wherever they've been playing the first two games I'm going to go ahead and make my guess right now I'll be getting on a plane that Saturday and going to Chicago to watch them play um, against the White Sox and Chris Gordy and I will be out there hopefully watching them win and winning a series in Chicago and having to Deal with all that fun. That'd be great. I get to see another ballpark, maybe. I'm not too interested in seeing that ballpark because I hear it's in a dumpy part of town, but I think those games will at least be during the day, and maybe I don't have to worry about it as much, which will be nice. Um, but the uh, the football team, again, the football team is where we're at this segment. We'll get, again, back to the Astros in the next segment. The Texans last night wrapping up the preseason. Tom Brady was a problem. Uh, Justin Reed, real quick, we'll hear some from him on his uh, fun night in terms of what he did that wasn't about, you know, kicking the fur. That wasn't about playing defense. Uh, playing Brady last night and what that did for this defense in terms of getting ready for the season. Tom Brady went out there and did Tom Brady things. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, we started out fast on the first series, and in those next two series, he came and tempoed us and uh, made some plays. So, I think I couldn't ask for a better competitor to go against for the last preseason game um, to give us film on what we can tighten up and get ready for week one with. And you couldn't ask a better quarterback to go against to do that. And he did do Brady things last night. And, again, that's where I go back to looking at the schedule for this football team this season and knowing the quarterbacks alone that they play this year, it is going to be extremely difficult to beat those teams. Now, nobody's Brady, again, because Brady, there's only one Brady, and he is still. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And we'll see how the regular season looks, but, like, you watched him last night. He looks like Tom Brady. He's 44 years old, 
and he's going to go out and he's going to tear the league apart this year again, and he's going to put up stupid numbers, and his team's probably going to be playing for a Super Bowl again, or at least playing for the chance to go to another Super Bowl because he's just that good. So, I mean, you kind of take that with a grain of salt as well because you just, like, you're going to play Tom Brady except for that last year he was in New England. You know that he's going to put up numbers against you every single time. It's just what he does to everybody. So you don't want to get, like, too, oh, my God, sky's falling, they can't stop. Like, week one they played Trevor Lawrence. That's a bad Jacksonville team. And they've lost one of their weapons in ETN this past week. He's done for the year. Was it Liz Franck injury? That that team is going to be bad to where I think you can obviously win that football game at home to start the season. And yes, Trevor Lawrence has no experience at the NFL level. And it won't be anything like Tom Brady, but he's still an extremely talented football player. There's a reason why he was taken with the first pick overall. He's going to be great in this league, in all likelihood. So I can't even like confidently sit here and tell you that they're not going to be able to shut him down. They gave up yards against Dallas as well at times in the passing game. And that, again, that's that's the Lovey Smith defense. They're going to give up yards. It's going to happen. And that's the dangerous game. And I think that that should tell you all you need to know about the football team going in is that they're going to live defensively on creating turnovers and getting getting turnovers. You can put yourself in the positions to do that. You can overplay for those things to where it's a risky, risky game. But it gets back to when you don't have the talent level that you need to consistently beat people, that's the kind of football you have to play. And it's not that they're admitting that, but they know it. For them to win games every week, they have to create havoc. To be a team that completely overachieves on what their talent level talent level is, they have to create havoc. And you do that by creating turnovers. But when that doesn't work, and when they, they go for too many or they bite too hard on them, they're going to give up a ton of yards, and you just hope that those plays don't result in touchdowns. That'd be a problem. Uh, more from Justin Reed last night. His overall thoughts on where the defense is as they head into the season. I've seen a lot of growth. I've seen there's a there's a buzz in the locker room. There's a buzz on the defensive side of the ball. Um, that's just excitement to go out there and play. It doesn't matter what's, what the situation is or anything like that. Guys, we're excited to go out and just play football. It's, like a, it's just a love for the game, a passion for the game um, that you see coming out. Um, and it's just exciting to be a part of it. Like, I love this system. Um, it's aggressive. It lets us make plays. It lets us make calls. Um, so I'm having a ton of fun out there, having a blast just going out and playing football. If there's one thing that I feel confident in after the preseason is that, you know, whether that's just being the fresh coach or whatever, they are more excited to play for this coaching staff than we heard from teams in recent years. Bill O'Brien, we know who he was. We know what his regime was. It was it was bad. It was a problem. There was a lot of division inside of it. I don't feel that there's division here. The question becomes, if we get seven games into the season and they're 2-5... and five, 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When does that message get old? When does it go in one ear and out the other? When do they just kind of start tuning out everything and playing blah football like that? Just get going through the motions. That is a question mark for me of what the season will become. Offensively, again, I don't feel much confidence for how this season is going to go on the offensive side of the football. They will tell you that it's good, that they're on their way. That's fine. That's what they're supposed to do as a team. Tyrod Taylor on his overall thoughts um, on the offensive side of things and where they stand heading into the regular season. First and foremost, it, uh, just proud of the guys the way they competed throughout training camp. Um, practices, games, uh, scrimmage. It was just great to see the guys come out and compete. Of course, this is new faces for a lot of guys. Um, our first time playing home tonight. Um, a lot of guys were pumped up for that. Obviously, it wasn't the outcome that we wanted, but um, just to see the guys go out and compete day in and day out was definitely something that was uh, that was refreshing, and it was something to be proud about. Uh, two on one in the preseason. No, it doesn't count on the record per se, but it was it was good for us to start off on the right foot as a team. This kind of put together from different places. Um, of course, we didn't finish the preseason like we wanted to, but I think it was a lot to take away, um, a lot of good to take away from those three games that we had. Obviously, some stuff to clean up, and we'll we'll do that, and we've continued to, we've continued to do that throughout uh, the preseason, but um, now our focus is Jacksonville week one, um, get everybody healthy, uh, have a good week of practice this upcoming week, and then a prep week. So, yeah, just one day at a time, but more importantly, like I said, I'm proud of the guys. Um, came out and competed their bus off each and every day. Nobody complained. Nobody uh, had their head down, moping around. They looked it right in the face, training camp, and, and, and pressed forward each and every day. And credit to the team for all those things. And look, again, I can have my thoughts on what I think they'll be as a team. You can have yours. Um, and again, it's, it's not about that credit to them for dealing with a lot of the stuff they did because there was a lot of noise about this football team coming in a lot of it was self-inflicted a lot of it was inflicted by the quarterback being an idiot and they dealt with all that and dealt with it easily i thought and didn't allow it to become a distraction for their preseason the question is going to be how will they do when the distraction of not winning football games in the regular season becomes a thing because again for me i just don't see it I don't feel the confidence in the offense being something that is NFL capable at winning games consistently based on what we've seen and the talent that we know going in. 713-212-5790 is our phone number here on a Clutch City Sunday. The Houston Astros and the sweep that is ahead. What's the X factor for it all? Moving forward the rest of the way for the Strohs. We'll discuss it next here on 790. Red Rowdies, Bulls on Parade, and Astros Fanatics. Sports Talk 790, your radio home for your home teams. 
your home of Houston Astros baseball, Sports Talk 790. This is Clutch City Sunday. I am Michael Connor here with you. Astros back in action today, a 135 first pitch. Chris Gordy will have the on-deck show starting at 1230, so you have about a 30-minute window after we get done before you hear from Gordy uh, to get you ready for the series finale. Zach Grinke on the bump today, 11-4 on the season. He's going up against Taylor Hearn. Can you tell me anything you know about Taylor Hearn? Waiting. Waiting. I can't tell you anything about Taylor Hearn. I can tell you this. Watching that Rangers baseball team reminds you a lot of the Astros when they were terrible. Now, we'll see if they can build it back up like the Astros did. I hope that they don't. I enjoy quite a bit the Rangers being awful and them having to sit in their brand-new ballpark and just play horrific baseball all the time. I have no issue with it at all. Sign me up for Arlington, always thinking they're something, and they're not. Now I will say, probably get to their ballpark. I've not been to it. If you've been to it, you can call us, 713-212-5790. I want a like, non-biased opinion because the, a lot of elements of it do look like Minute Maid Park. Um, it looks like it's a great ballpark, though just because it's new and it's big and it's indoors and like they finally did that part right the outside of it it does look like a barn I've always you drive driven by it plenty of times I have family that lives five ten minutes from that ballpark and it looks uh, it looks like a barn and uh but I mean I, I would guess that the and it was a pretty decent crowd there last night was it dog night last night or something at the at uh, what is it globe life field now instead of globe life park but the uh, the the ball the fee, the the ballpark looks decent. Now again, hopefully they they stay terrible. And that's the good news for the Astros. We're looking ahead to this month of September. They have no day off from this series. They're going straight to Seattle. Three straight with them up there. Two night games to start the series. Monday, Tuesday, day game on Wednesday. It'll be a three ten first pitch. So that darn A team, man, they're gonna have a rough day. Not working. Bunch of bums. Day off Thursday, and then it's to San Diego for three against the floundering Padres uh, next weekend. But still, you don't want to sleep on anybody. San Diego, by the way, is just – that team was looking like they were dead set to compete for the NL West all season. They're just seven games over 500 now. That NL West race is incredible. And that's the – now, look, you can never get too far ahead of it. Because you just you can't live that way. The Astros' road to the American League looks a lot more difficult, I think, today than it did a month ago. The Yankees are going to clearly be a team that's going to not be the easiest to get through just because they can hit so many home runs. I still don't think that they're that good of a team. They don't have enough pitching. I I can't guarantee. I mean, like they'll throw Garrett Cole in a wild card game. They'll probably win because he's got they've got Garrett Cole pitching. Like he's just awesome. The Rays are just going to pitch pitch and really bullpen the hell out of you to where they make life so difficult. They can't hit a lot, but they're just so fundamentally sound and everything else. Like They just they play really tough baseball that makes it difficult. The White Sox will be hard because they got two of their big outfield bats back. And if they have Radon, who returned the other night and had, what, five innings of, of good baseball in his first start back in like a month, if he's back and healthy, he is a game-changer to a series. They've got... Giolito behind him, who could be really. They got a lot of guys that could be really good. They got a lot of gas out of the bullpen, even if it's kind of had some ups and downs in the second half of the season, specifically at their closer spot. 
Um, he's not been very good, that being Liam Hendricks, in the last month. They're going to be difficult to get through. But think about that National League side. One of these two teams, the Giants and the Dodgers, 84-45 and 45 of the Giants. They have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Dodgers, who are 82-48. and four and 48. One of those two teams is going to have to go play a wild-card game. And they could get beat in a wild-card game and get sent home. Now, look, they'll be a massive favorite. If it's the Dodgers, they'll be a massive favorite to win a wild-card game at home. They've got what? Like a, they've got an 11-and-a-half game lead in the wild-card. They're going to be the one seed in the wild-card. They'll throw Max Scherzer or Walker Buehler in that wild-card game, and they'll win, and they'll be fine. But that's just that's wild. That's, that's, that's one of the crazy parts of this season. Like, yeah, those two teams have performed so well, and good news for you is that they're not in your league. So you only got to worry about one of them when you get to the World Series because, yes, they're going back to the World Series or your Houston Astros. I'm calling my shot. And to me, I mean, look, it comes down to – I was looking through the schedule the other day and trying to find, you know, number of wins-wise. Now, look, they've helped themselves. They could really boost themselves with another win today over the Rangers – uh, and get it to 78 before we head to the month of September. If they can really get it to 79 before the month of September, that can be big. 98 wins, I think, is the high end for this team. After just going through it, that's assuming that they win most of their. That's assuming that again they win most of their series down the stretch. They're not going to win most of their. I mean, they're not going to win all of their series. I think I may have given them one or two series losses when I went through it, if that, because you're in Seattle. They've they've handled Seattle so well this season again. The San Diego team, they lost to them in Minute Maid Park earlier this season in a couple of games, but they were close games. One of the games they should not have lost. They completely blew it. And that team's floundering right now. Like right now, going into San Diego next week, and you you have to be thinking, I'm taking two of three in that series. Then they get Seattle again at home for three. They get the Angels at home for three, who are bad and falling apart and shutting guys down. They got nothing to play for at this point. You have the Rangers for four more. You get three against the Diamondbacks, four more against the Angels, and then it's that nine-game stretch to finish the season where it's at the A's, home for the Rays, home for the home for the A's. A's, Rays, A's. But you already again, that's now, look, it can't get too, you can't complain too much because they do now have a six-and-a-half game lead, which is massive. But think about it. If they hadn't screwed up a couple of weeks ago and had some poor play against some bad teams, whether it was that four-game series against Kansas City where they lost three of four, this team should have a ten-game lead right now. They really should. Oakland's schedule, we've talked about that, is ex- extremely difficult in the month of September on paper. They won't play this poorly as they've had over the last week, two weeks, for the rest of the season. But there's not a lot of reason to think, oh my goodness, it's going to be much better. They're a good, not great team that has many flaws, and their starting pitching is becoming a massive flaw of it. And to me, that gets back to the the number one thing for this team moving forward is going to be the X factor of the starting pitching. If Fromber is what Fromber has been the last few starts, which is a lot better and really getting back to looking like Fromber Valdez. And look, last night looks filthy dominant against a bad Texas team. That's just the facts. But you still have to go out there and do that. Jose Urquidy pitches his second rehab assignment today. 
for the Sugarland Skeeters. You get him back, and if he pitches like he was before he went down, to go along with Lance McCullers, to go along with Zach Greinke, who's been very solid this year and, and really, really good for a majority of his starts, this team's going to hang with anybody in terms of starting pitching, and then we know what the bullpen is once you get to the postseason. It is going to be a shutdown type of bullpen. They've got that type of talent in it to handle those things. But to me, if we're talking about the biggest of X factors, I think it is the, the starting pitching staying at this level. They do that. It makes everything else more lethal. And then again, you add on top of that with what the offense is, we know that. How good they can be and will be. Offensively, at the plate, If they have six of these guys rolling at once, good luck. They get more than that. Well, really good luck. They're batting Kyle Tucker seventh. And if I'm looking maybe for one specific guy in this lineup to, to be the X Factor of the X Factors, I'd always tell you it's it's, it's the most important. Uh, Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa in the postseason are going to be as massive as it gets because they have such a track record of doing it that you always think that, hey, they're going to continue to do that. But if Jordan Alvarez keeps hitting the ball over the fence and swinging it the way he has, we know how much he changes the game. And, hell, just getting the presence of Bregman back in there is big enough right there. I know that, again, when we when we talk about postseason matchups and getting ready for that and you know not liking things when we like it, I always try to remember... Think about how the other team and the other team's fan base feels about the Astros coming in. For all the worry and the, and the freaking out that we like to do, because, again, this is sports and what we do, you know, you condition yourself to lose, like you're going to lose and just you hope that you win. You never go in expecting completely to win everything. But think about being the other team that has to look at that lineup going into a series and say, how the hell are we going to get them out enough to win Three of five or four of seven. How? Or how are they when their bat when their their hitters look at it and say, you know, this might not be the household name that everybody in, in the league talks about. It's not a Garrett Cole anymore. But go look at the numbers Lance McCullers go, puts up, and he'll go out there, he'll mow down ten of them, and he'll give up no runs. He'll just get ground ball after ground ball. How the hell am I supposed to to avoid his filthy fastball that runs all over the place at times? and his slider that's now become a huge weapon to go along with that curveball. How am I supposed to hit that? How am I supposed to hit Fromber Valdez when he is spotting his stuff? All? You're just not. So in this month of September, when you do have some moments, and you're thinking to yourself, whew, I'm not sure about what this team's going to do down the stretch. Remember that the other team that's waiting to face you is thinking, we got no shot sometimes. No shot. That's how good this team is and what we know they can be and the elements of it. 713-212-5790 is our phone number here on a Clutch City Sunday. The final segment of the show will wrap things up next here on 790. Official home of your Astros and Rockets and unofficial.
unbiased home of everything else. Sports Talk 790. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. I've got to get away. That's what the other team feels when they had the Astros coming at them. They got to run away, damn it. It's a good pull there, Ryan. Got to run away from the Astros going and doing their thing. Clutch City Sunday here on Sports Talk 790. But right, by the way, real quick, uh, thoughts with the people, all of you that have family members or if you're from there, whatever it might be, the state of Louisiana this morning is starting to get drilled by Hurricane Ida. That The uh, state of Louisiana and uh, Mississippi as well. Um, just really hope that it's, it's going to be bad. It's it's a hurricane. It's like, what, 140, 150 mile an hour winds. Just stay safe. Hopefully you guys are able to get through it and uh, you can fix uh, your homes or whatever. And, you know, the state can, can help whatever. The LSU football team, um, they are over here in Houston. They, they drove over to Houston yesterday on a bus together. And um, the whole, I should say, yeah, the whole team, they're going to be practicing at NRG and everything this weekend, so they've opened up to them uh, to get ready for them for their season, um, which is coming up here, obviously, rather soon, pretty soon. But again, thoughts with the state of Louisiana, Mississippi. The storm is going to be a bad one today uh, over there. And uh, again, not to make light of anything, but if, if you're looking to uh, have, have a place to go to, uh, Joel Osteen's finally decided to open his doors. He tweeted out a video saying, we're open to everybody. Well, he sure would have been nice if you were open to everybody when, uh, I don't know, this city was kind of going through Hurricane Harvey, but, you know, it is what it is. Move past it. He's a snake. He's Jack Easterby Sr. Jack Easterby Jr.'s over there with the Texans doing his thing. Actually, he's not even a junior. He's just Jack Easterby. They're, they're not our concern. The Astros are our concern right now because, again, the season's winding down. Uh, 135 first pitch today, which, by the way, can we rag the Texas Rangers for that real quick, too? Why can't they have normal start times for games? There are very few teams anymore that have 7.05 starts. I know that that doesn't matter much with the 7.10, 7.05. I'm fine with the 7.05. But 135? What are you doing? Just start the game at 110 or 105. Why is it to be 135? It's so stupid. It's weird. It's just one of the things. Is, but they used to do it in the afternoons and they played out in that heat box that was the outdoor ballpark. They would start their Sunday games at like 235 in the afternoon. Why? The hottest part of the day. They should. I don't know why like a, a ballpark like that or somewhere where it's hot. I'd start games at 11 o'clock in the morning. Just do it. People will still show up if they really want to be there. But you don't want to be in that death trap that was that ballpark. Now you got the roof closed, you can start the game at 1. You don't have to start it at the 135. Just one weird thing that's bugged me forever, and I really just don't know why. I also hate everything that is Arlington. It's, um, again, I have family there. They, they've lived there for my entire life. Not the worst part of town at all. Not the best. But they um, they just they just do things wrong up there. Now that football team this season might be better than what the Texans are going to pump out here. I shouldn't say might be; it's going to be. 
Ryan says we won't talk. Or when's the Texans' first game? Is well the twelfth. But you know what? We'll do it right now. What's what is the Ryan Money official prediction for record this season? Do you have one? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, let's see. Based on what I've been hearing on Sports Talk 790, I would go with a four-win season for them. Uh, I've heard a lot of debate between three and five. I just don't see them doing much better than that. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with four. Okay, I think that's that's fair. I think I'm going to end up sticking at three and fourteen. Sounds and again, good to me. more than yeah, more than anything, it comes down to the schedule part of it. And we've gone over it at nauseum. Jacksonville, at Cleveland, Carolina, at Buffalo, home for New England, at Indianapolis, at Arizona, home for the Rams, at the Dolphins, home for the Titans, home for the Jets, home for the Colts, home for the Seahawks, at the Jags. Home for the Chargers, at the 49ers, home for the Titans. Tough schedule. I mean, the only games right now that they can go into, I think, realistically, and think we have a chance to win, the two games against Jacksonville. But Jacksonville the second time won't be until week 15. So who knows what the, what Trevor Lawrence and them look like right now. But again, this Texans team in the past, I know that you can't judge last year's Texans team to this team because the personnel's completely changed, basically. But last year's team had a that Will Lutton or whatever go out there and put up 300 yards on him as a six-round rookie. The first pick in the draft is going to be able to put up yards on them. I will guarantee you that. I'm not saying 300, but he's going to be able to move the ball against the Texans. Unless he is just so bad as a rookie, like Peyton Manning level bad, but I don't think he's going to be that. We don't see rookies really coming to be that awful. I mean, we see rookies be bad, but first round rookies be that bad. It's just not going to happen. I think that they'll split with Jacksonville. I really do. They play the Jets. That's a team that you go in and you say, you can beat them. But again, this is week 12. Zach Wilson's got something going on. He can make a ton of th- we, we see it. What if they get rolling a little bit? Confidence matters at that point of the season. He's having a great season. There's no guarantee you're walking away from that one. You're going to go into every single matchup this season, every single game. That includes the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at the most important position, you will not have the edge. It's not everything. But your quarterback situation is worse than anybody else's. And guess what? If we get to the point of the year where Davis Mills has to play, it will get significantly worse. There were some things that he showed the preseason at times that make you think, eh, maybe there's a little something in there. I'm intrigued. You know, it's a guy that didn't play much in college football. Give him some time to develop, and we'll see. The arm, the, the, the arm strength and stuff like that, it's all clearly there. But for the overall standpoint of it, he looked like a, he looked like a third-round rookie. He made a ton of mistakes. He couldn't pick up blitzes half the time. And if you get him into a regular season game, it's going to look a lot like that. 
So if you play him, I'm going to tell you this. right: they, If they're playing him, they're going to struggle to win a game every week unless they play somebody like a Jacksonville who just lays an egg or the Jets that are a terrible team and they lay an egg as well. Those are the only times they're going to be able to get through those. And again, that's not me trying to be all negative about it all the time. I'm just trying to be, in my mind, realistic about the entire situation. The talent level is just not going to overall be there to consistently beat teams on their schedule that are good. And the majority of their schedule has teams that have the expectation of being a winning team. I just counted up real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of the 17, 18, or 17 games they play will be against teams that have every expectation to be a playoff team this year. It's going to be difficult. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Astros baseball coming up. Uh, starting at 12.30 with the On Deck Show. Chris Gordy will have you for that. I'll be back with you in the morning for Clutch City Sunday. Join me. Or not Clutch City Sunday. That was the day. Jesus. That's the Sean Salisbury Show. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., uh, Steve Sparks will join us for his normal spot at 7.30 talking about your strokes. Now, go enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Again, talk to you all tomorrow morning right here on Sports Talk 790. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.